It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation, and Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews, we're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now, with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL, your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Welcome back. It is time for Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast also you are listening to us on The Bet in Las Vegas on the radio. Yes, Odyssey has radio stations in Las Vegas, five of them, and they're very successful, by the way. And uh, we're glad to be on the air there as well. And I say we because my partner in crime here, Mo Moten, he's the senior NFL writer at Bleacher Report, also Raiders columnist at SportsNot.com, where you can also catch my stuff. Yeah, I work there. I do some video. I do a little writing. I do a little bit of that. But you need to follow Mo on the X, on X.com, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. For those watching, Mo's giving you an X with his hands. That's nice. It's better than the alternative. You can also follow me on X.com at LV Gully, and the show is SNB today. All right, Mo, uh, guess what? There's whispers. There's things happening out there. Uh, the fallout of Sunday night's brutal loss... And I say brutal not because of the score, but because of how they lost and how they performed. The loss to the Steelers. Things are starting to get a little weird here as we do uh, uh, this Raiders season. Only week three. I thought the drama wouldn't start till I don't know, maybe week 10, eh, eight, nine, something like that. Here we are. Week three. Chargers coming up this weekend in Los Angeles. And uh, there's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of whispers, a lot of uh, reports from insiders, including our good friend Hondo Carpenter over at SI, who has uh, gotten some heat from his readers that I can tell, uh, but good for him for doing what he's supposed to do, which is be objective, and uh, saying that, hey, no, Josh McDaniels hasn't lost the locker room, but there's some stuff going on and it might be down the road. Uh, Mo, have you seen this stuff? What are you thinking is going on here? It's not a surprise, is it? Look, I'm out here on the other side of the country, minding my own business. I didn't what? hear any. I what? haven't heard any whispers. If you haven't noticed, I haven't been active on social media because I've been preparing for my own shows. But let, let's be honest here. If your team goes one and two, losing two consecutive games after, you know, a lot of people wanted Josh McDaniels out after last year. You blew five double-digit second-half leads last year. You bring in certain guys that are no longer on the roster after you've given them contracts. People have already been questioning Josh McDaniels. So it wasn't going to take till week eight or nine for the whispers and the and the things to start people to start chirping. It was going to happen as soon as they had back-to-back losses, which has happened. Now let them be. Let them not be competitive against the Chargers. If the Raiders get blown out. In their, at, in their second home in Los Angeles, you want to talk about whispers and chirping and things going on? You wait and see what happens if, the, if that's a blowout game. 
Well, and it's interesting because I, I, what Hondo said, and there's some others who have said it too, and I'll get to some of these comments from some national pundits as well. Uh, he's right. And it's, it's exactly what we were saying on our show on Tuesday and what Murph and I said on the postgame show on Sunday night or early Monday morning, East Coast time, uh, was that you now have this sample size of games. Josh McDaniels has coached 20 games for the Las Vegas Raiders. And uh, what are you seeing? Are you seeing improvement? Well, you should not, in my view, you should not have your worst performance in game 20 as a coach. I mean, plain and simple, right? I mean, you get you get better as time goes on. And so the whole field goal fiasco, all of that stuff has gotten us to this place. So there's this chatter out there. There's this talk about it. Uh, and again, the players aren't saying this. And, 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 and exa- exactly what he said, he hasn't lost the locker room. Not yet. Okay. But clearly there's some troubling signs. The Devontae Adams comments, which, by the way, on Wednesday, I'm going to read this to you, Mo, too, because you probably haven't seen it yet, but the, the, the transcript from it um, is that, you know, Vinny Bonsignor, our good friend who was just on a couple weeks ago, asked him about, hey, you, you're a leader, you have to say tough things sometimes. Uh, did what you say Sunday night resonate the way you needed to resonate? So obviously he knew he was talking to somebody. And Devontae Adams said, quote, for the, uh, for the people that I needed it to, yes. The rest of the people, it's no surprise, it's no secret that I truly don't care what people think as long as people uh, know that it's intended to understand, who's intended to understand the message. And he goes on to specifically say that he wasn't talking to the coaches of the front office. He was talking to his fellow players. And he actually chastised us in the media a little bit and saying, you know, you guys take this. it's, It's not just the coach's fault. It's the team's fault, too. We're responsible for how we play on the field. So... And you would expect that out of a guy like Devontae Adams, who's who's an amazing dude and an amazing receiver. But nonetheless, the fact that you're having conversations like this in week three, Mo, that is never a good sign. It's never a good sign. And it again, I said this on, what was it, Tuesday, mm-hmm. that a lot of the things that we're hearing from Raiders players and coaches, we heard this last year. Yes, And I think Devontae Adams kind of said, we had all last year to figure it out. He said, I'm not, I don't have time to go through a whole season and figure it out now. And that's what, that's the comment basically that media outlets are hanging on to say Devonta Adams might ask out before the trade deadline. I don't think he's there yet. I think if he, if it was at that point, if he gets silent, I, I just want to give people just a quick parallel analogy here. When you're in a relationship, right? Usually when your partner screams at you, shows they care, right? When you have to worry is when they go silent. When you do certain things and, no reaction. They've already checked out. When Devontae Adams has nothing to say at the podium or in front of a microphone or two reporters, I think that's when you have to worry because that's when you worry about, oh, no, is he checked out? Is he not bought in anymore? Because I think right now he's still bought into the process and saying, look, I'm going to do my best to make this thing work. But if he goes silent after a loss, that's when you should worry about him wanting to leave. Exactly. And and you're hearing these conversations and that's what it is. And you can't you know, I'm not going to bring them on the show. Some of the things that I have heard from people locally in Las Vegas around the team, because I can't verify them. So it would be irresponsible for, for me to do it because otherwise it's just chatter. But some of the other points that are being made here about to your, to your exact point, which is heard this last year. Well, we got to get better. Well, when are you going to get better? If you're going to get better, then you should have gotten better already. You supposedly needed to blow guys out in order to improve your roster. You got, quote unquote, your guys in 
and the results aren't better. Now, I know it's only week three. Now, if they go down and beat the Chargers and play a good game, some of this will be forgotten for a little bit, right? But it's a recency. I, I keep telling people they're one in five in the last six games dating back to last year. That is not that is not a good, um, I think, indication that things are going the way. And you hear, you read Hondo's story from today up on SI.com about how um, – Guys are getting tired of working so hard and saying, hear the process or keep the process, stay to the process, trust the process, and the process isn't working. So imagine, Mo, I tell you, hey, you just got to keep doing this on the podcast and we're going to be good. And then the podcast just languishes and languishes and we don't get any more new listeners and there's no new revenue coming in and all this jazz. You kind of start to say, hey, wait, Scott, dude, um, I've been doing everything we're supposed to do and it's not working. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You know what this reminds me of? And I think I've said this before. This reminds me of Matt Patricia in Detroit. Um, I don't know if you remember, but Matt Patricia almost lost the locker room within the first three weeks of the season one year because Detroit players were starting to complain. We're spending all these extra hours putting in work and we're not seeing the results. Anytime you have players go the extra yard and they're not seeing the results, you're going to get people chirping. You're going to get pushback. I'm not saying the players have said anything to me, but you get that's human nature. If you're not seeing results, you get upset especially if you're putting in a whole lot of work. The other thing I want to say is you said the Raiders are one in five in the last six games. I'll, I'll take it one step further. Josh McDaniels record. He's 18 and 30 as a head coach, 18 and 30. You know what that is? That's about 37, 38% win percentage. Mm. That's not, mm-hmm. it, you, I understand he, you know, he had a stint in Denver and that was over a decade ago. I understand that. But since he's been with the Raiders, what's his record been? What is that? Seven and thirteen. Seven and thirteen. So uh, he, he's he's almost doubled his wins with losses. Almost. If he loses to the Chargers, seven and fourteen, double amount of losses as he has wins. At some point, players are going to question it. I don't know if you remember this guy, but remember I asked Brian Baldigan when he went on when he came on with us the first time before the draft. I said, at what point do the players start to tune you out? At what point? How many times do you have to lose before a player starts to say this guy ain't it as a head coach? And we've had this question plenty of times. Is Josh McDaniels just a good play caller, offensive coordinator? Can he be a leader of men? And Mm. so far, the question is still out. The jury is still out because his team, again, losing twice as his his Raiders team, losing twice as many games as they win under on his watch. Yeah. And and with a couple minutes we have left uh, before this first break, Mo. And uh, by the way, coming up after the break, Mo's going to jump out and Ryan Dirud from the L.A. football Network's going to join me to talk about the Chargers, and then Mo will be back for the third segment. Uh, but, um, you know, you look at the situation with Jimmy Garoppolo, too, right? And you were very vocal about this uh, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, and you should be, and, and we still should be, which is, it's a flop so far. It's an absolute flop. You cannot find any silver lining there. I don't care about a good touchdown pass or a good pass here or the first down run that he had against Denver. Great stuff. Okay, fine. 
But overall, what you did, you got rid of a quarterback. Okay, fine. You, no problem with that. That's a decision you made. That's good. You bring in Jimmy Garoppolo instead of Moe's guy, Baker Mayfield, and uh, and it's flopped. And now now he's hurt again in, in week three. Okay? So who owns that? I told you, Mo. do you remember the show before the season started? And I told you this. I said, it's like Vegas. He's got all his chips. And I thought Josh McDaniels putting all his chips into Jimmy G's corner. He's betting his future on Jimmy G. That's what I said. I truly believe that. And look, guess what he did? He hit snake eyes and he's losing his chips. Here's my issue with Jimmy G. I'm not going to even talk about the injury because I'm not going to take a victory lap over someone getting hurt. No, right? we already not. knew what his injury. We already knew what Jimmy G's injury history was. My problem with Jimmy G is he's not what was advertised. He was Correct. advertised as this efficient quarterback who's going to take care of the football. Right? He leads the league in interceptions. He's doing anything but taking care of the football. And that's before he got hit in the head late in the game. I played the clip on my Bleacher Report live stream. It was, I believe, it was the hit from Minka Fitzpatrick that probably put him in concussion protocol. Before that even happened, he threw he threw picks. Like I said, he leads the league right now in interceptions. This is not the Jimmy G that was advertised as that high-level game manager who once, if the game is close, is going to put you over the top. This is the Jimmy G. This is a version of Jimmy G that's going to cost you or lose you the game, So, which is the complete opposite of what he was supposed to be. And I, and I said this again. I'm going to say it now. Different team, different supporting cast, different results. Of course. Yeah. And not only that, but you talk one of the interceptions against Pittsburgh. Uh, it, it's easy to watch the film after the fact. We're not the guy on the field making the split second decision. But he had two receivers open, including one that probably could have broken for a touchdown. So, again, it shows a decision making process or a lack of vision on the field right now. I don't know why. Can't explain it. But that's just how it is. So, so it's it's you have coaching miscues again, as I call it, coaching malpractice, and Jimmy G is a flop so far. So you have that, and I know all the people who wanted to keep Derek Carr are doing victory laps over that, and that's fine. But at the end of the day, it hurts your team. So we'll see what happens. All right, Mo, we're going to take a break, and then I'm going to come back with Ryan to talk a little bit about the Chargers, and then after that, we'll get back with Mo. We'll close out the show. Talk about the Charger game and anything else that might be on his mind. Uh, and uh, we'll also plug all the stuff coming up this weekend. That's right. Bleacher Report Lives. you got other stuff going on. We'll talk about that when we come back. All right. You're listening to Silver and Black today, not a C original podcast. Also heard on the bet in Las Vegas. Don't go anywhere. 